podcast is brought to you by Inside and get yourself something cool to drink. Condensing me, man. Fucking kill you, man. Man, fuck that shit. I ain't finna shoot nobody. Oh, you know I can't let you go without tapping that ass. How you like the sound of them bells, bitch? They real pretty, ain't they? God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. What's special? Take you in the back and suck your dick. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Welcome all you QT faithful to a very special cinema speculation episode of The Church of Tarantino. I'm your host, the Reverend Scott K, and it is my pleasure to welcome my special guest, friend of the podcast, CEO of Scareflare Records, and co-host of the Splatterhouse podcast, Mr. Sean Wheeler. Together, we will be diving into the new developments of Tarantino's upcoming 10th film that broke this week in Paris, France, while he was on a cinema speculation European book tour. Welcome back, Mr. Wheeler, and may Tarantino be with you always. Thank you, Scott. So after nearly two weeks, Mr. Tarantino finally broke his silence about the rumors that he had finished the script for his 10th and supposed final film entitled The Movie Critic. But before you and I get into all that, I have to ask you, since it's two weeks since gone, and you've listened to the other show, and we've, we've talked. What was your honest initial reaction at the news a little over two weeks ago? be almost three weeks ago by the time this episode is heard on Monday. It's the most unexcited I've ever been about one of his movies since, I mean, and everybody who's listening to your podcast knows my story about it, too. So, yeah, like, I was not thrilled about it, like, the... The entire thing, the whole idea of it, the the, the title, don't even like. We'll talk about that. I'm sure at some <laughs> point in here, but yeah, I was not excited about it. It just, it's like, <sighs> do we think, or do you think, it is because we have built up in our minds since he told us it's his last film that we had all this things built up, or do you just think the name just falls flat? Because as I said, and I got some, I did get some shit in the socials for it from a few people about uh, saying the same thing, saying I wasn't very excited originally hearing that the name is the movie critic. I said even on the first episode of this that I didn't think it inspired the kind of fervor or mm, joy that normally a movie title that he comes up with does. And if we say all his titles, you've got Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Death Proof, The Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and now The Movie Critic. It does fall short in there. Even Four Rooms is a better name than The Movie Critic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, no, like I just, working at a video store, like, where's your copies of Pulp Fiction? You know, like, well, we have 300 of them over there. Like, yeah. Where's the movie critic? It's just, yeah. you know, it, it, like I said to you, like when we were messaging back and forth about it, I think Rotten Tomatoes would have been a better fucking title for this movie. Than, <laughs> I mean, even I said, even audience, audience score would be a better name for it than, but I, I trust him, but it's just like, and I don't think I've had my expectations built up for his last film, more, more of dread. I think. Yep. That's oh, what I that felt happening. too. But yep. it never made your podcast, but you and I had talked about it before. And it's like, it, it, no one's ever really brought up, well, he's still going to 
He's doing the podcast, which is amazing. I love mm-hmm. listening to him yep. talk about film. He's writing plays. He's writing for television, he says. Apparently. Apparently. That was supposed books. to come out first. We'll get into that, too. Nobody's talked about it, but he may come up with ideas for films and just, here you go, Rodriguez, go film this. Or you yeah. know, whoever, you know, he could be writing movies for other people. The fact that he's not going to be directing isn't the end of the world. Not directing isn't the end of the world for me because he's still going to be out there putting stuff out. I mean, I may go to my first New York City play because, you know, he wrote it. Yeah. So. Do you think that he will stop directing for film? No. Or do you think this is a Michael Jordan? I got to get away from this for a while. I mean, he does have young kids. You and I are both parents, and we know that when you do have little kids, you do want to, they grow up very quickly, so you do want to be a part of that. But also, as parents, we know that when they become teenagers, you want to get as far away from them as fucking possible. And he will be in his late, mid 70s when that happens. He's going to be like, I got to fucking shoot a movie, or I'm going to shoot myself. Like, there's going to be a point. Anyone who's a parent listening to this podcast knows that there comes a moment where you do. All you want to do is spend time with your kids, and then all you want to do is get the fuck away from them yep. for just a few moments of your time because you just can't handle yeah. it. Um, well, that I don't know anything about his wife, so like that could have a lot to do with his decisions on you know things in the future. Which I know that he's saying like you know history has proven itself that the longer that these guys make films, and I'm like you know Kubrick, look at Kubrick. His last mm-hmm. two movies were. Like, I love his last two movies. There is there is a lot of cases in that direction. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go down the list of the stuff, but I don't think that was going to happen to him. He's still going to have an interesting... He's such mm-hmm. a unique voice and filmmaker that no matter what he does, it's going to be good. So I think I was more disappointed because it wasn't Kill Bill Volume 3, which, like, I, I seriously, like, it's my favorite all-time movie. It's my favorite movie of his. And I, I just hope that... I don't remember if we said it on air with you or not, but like I said, like I would love for him to write it and give it to the people that did the animated sequence. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. And mm-hmm. that's the way that I would love to have it rolled out and to finish it. And they could go get the voices from everybody. But yeah, I was more disappointed that it wasn't that or one of these projects he was he's been talking about. I mean, I, I was dreading the Star Trek thing, to be honest, but I was actually interested to see how that was going to go. I'll be honest with you. I, I was, I, I'm not a Star Trek fan either. However, I would have gone to see his version of Star Trek. Yeah, I like the new ones. I don't. I can't get into the old ones. I'm yeah. more of a Star Wars guy. And yeah. I can't get into the new Star Wars. I'm only into the old ones. <laughs> you, and so. Steve, you and Steve are stuck in that curmudgeonly yeah. the air now. Good old yeah. Steve. All right. <laughs> well. So here's what was confirmed for those of you who may or may not know by Mr. Tarantino. During a recent Q&A event this week at the Grand Rex Theater in Paris, France, this is reported by Joe Blow. Just kidding. They didn't report this either. Fuckers. <laughs> what he has confirmed is, in fact, that the movie critic is, in fact, the name of his supposed 10th and final film. We will see if it is the final film, but it will be the 10th. He also confirmed that this film will be set during 1977. This happens to be the same year that our aforementioned Star Wars came out, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Saturday Night Fever, The Spy Who Loved Me, and Smokey and the Bandit were all released that same year. This film will not be about famed movie critic Pauline Kael. In fact, it is believed that the protagonist might be an outsider who is affected by the films they see playing more on that the movie critic might be an actual person and their critiques of movie. And I'll get into that in a second with you, how how I may have read into this and what I'm leaning towards what this might be. But how relieved are you that this is not about Pauline Kael? However, if you listen to the last thing, Petros and I kind of thought, if it was about Pauline Kael, this may have been more of a sequel 
to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in a you know once once he kind of we we started spitballing it. I didn't mind that idea once we started to think about what it could mean and if he would tie it in. And again, it's probably not a good thing to have done because what it does is once again it pumps us up in our heads. We start getting all excited about something, and then he's already got it figured out what he wants to do, and it most likely will not be anything that we thought of. And so we'll just disappoint ourselves that you know we don't see Jake Cahill again or anything like that. So. Your thoughts that it's not Pauline and this other information? It could be a horror movie. You could go that's, to it and there's somebody yes. sitting in the back of the theater watching, you know, the the movie critic, and it turns into a slasher movie or a Jallo or something. You know, like yeah. we don't know we don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect here. I mean, it's like when I heard the title Kill Bill. I, I heard it before I knew what it was, and I I knew that it was going to be called Kill Bill for about two months before I ever found out shit about the movie. And then I was at the I saw the first trailer, and I was like, Oh my god, what the hell's going on? This guy's standing on a sword, mm-hmm. and then I went and saw it, and then the, the guy wasn't standing on the sword <laughs> in the first one. because <laughs> yeah. they they had the the trailer, the first one I saw. The original both. trailer had everything yeah. together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I was like, What the fuck? Like, where's Bill? Like, mm-hmm. you know. So you never know what to expect, and no. that's I, I'm going to be like, you know, I don't watch. Trailers you make fun of me about it when I'm not on here, <laughs> you know, but it's because I've had so many movies ruined for me and then they build up my expectations. Mm, so I'd rather yeah, go into fair. this. I'd rather go into it just blind and sit down and absorb it because even the word of mouth shit, like I may have to stop listening to some of your podcasts when they start revealing <laughs> stuff about it because I mean, we've, I've said it on here before the once upon a time in Hollywood, I went into it thinking it's going to be like this borderline horror movie with Manson elements and everything. And then I walked out of the theater. I was like, what the hell was that? And it, it took me going back to it again for me to love the film. And it's just, I don't know. I, I think it's my expectations get way off on some. I hear shit. you. No one's going to be surprised when I, I say it. this. I had a, uh, I love it. my therapist said to me once, no expectations means you can have no disappointments. And I've tried to carry that with me. So as other people know, I'm name driving here, but my good friend Steve Smith in our podcast, The Cheeky Bastards, I have been trying lately to not uh, go into anything I watch with any kind of expectations. It's impossible, though, now because it is sometimes, but I go it. in sometimes going like, you know what? Okay, this is John Wick for let's see what it's like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually enjoy it. I was surprised. So I've been going into these things without going like, you know what? Forget who's the one who directed it or what's it about. Let's go see what this is going to be. You know, and, and try to enjoy, be like what I was when I was a kid, which is you walk into the theater, have no fucking clue what's about to happen. You watch a movie, and the next thing you know, you're like a fucking diehard fan or you fall in love with Predator. Like, these things you don't know what's going to be. That's how I felt when I saw Nacho Libre for the first time. Like, there you go. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there are a lot of movies you walk into, you go, ah, this will be all right. Like uh, Hot Rod for me. I walked into that. It was yeah. a thing to do on a summer day. I, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I c- came out of that loving it. I go back and watch that. I'll, religiously, I love that movie. So that's what I'm trying to do when it comes to this. Although I will admit that <laughs> my well, expectations were through the fucking roof waiting for this movie to be announced. And when they said the, the movie critic, I was like, what? Just like you. It's like, the what? You're a little bit like me, though, where we're older and my... My glass is half full on everything. Yeah, I'm, but I'm trying not to be, though, because I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to become curmudgeonly to the point where, like, get off my lawn. Like, it's not like the old days. I'm trying not to be that person. I want to be a person who enjoys films well into the... I want to die in the movie theater if I can. Like, if I can have a choice. Yeah. I, though I want it to be like I finally watch my final film and I just go peacefully. But I don't want to be like, well, I'm not going to the movies anymore because all they make is these stupid... Bobber. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy yet. But I can, you know, I sometimes can feel... It, but then I try to check myself. I said, you know what? It's the thing I love the most. So reading the article, 
that was in Collider. They were the first to break it. Someone, as you said, I guess apparently someone in France did what I did when I walked out of New York City. They put it online and everyone waits till someone else who was there with the same ears and eyes to report it a day later. But whatever, that it's the world we're in apparently. Apparently only journalists who can do the exact same thing we can you know, they have to write a 77-word essay for it to be real, as opposed to take three seconds and put it on your socials, and you're the first one there. I don't Apparently. know. Maybe they had, they're holding on to print, I guess. So they're holding on to the print media all the way, too. It was so hard to sit through that event I went through, and he literally was sitting. His head was in my lap half the yeah. fucking movie, where he was sitting directly in front of me to just hit him on the shoulder. Like, what are you doing for the next movie? Like, it was so hard not to do that. Well, apparently it was nothing. I got the fist bump, and that was good yeah. enough for me, and I, I locked eyes for, like, three seconds. I thought I was getting fucking kicked out. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was my, that was my Tarantino story. I got that f- close to greatness, and then he sat and watched the movie right in front of me, and, you know, like, I could have easily just tapped, hey, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> you did say something that I wanted to get into, which was you think this uh, there's a chance this could be a horror film. And the more I have thought about this, I'm wondering, considering it's the late 70s, I'm sure there's going to be this person that this movie's about is they're in Hollywood. They are probably not from Hollywood. They're a person who may who moved there with their family or they transplanted there. Maybe they were trying to be in movies. We don't know. the Those details have not been leaked and they probably won't be. We won't know until we actually see the film. We'll hear about what someone's going to be in the next month or so, who's going to be what, who's going to be in where, or at least who's attached to the movie. We'll probably start to get more bits and pieces. We probably won't get a trailer till next summertime, early, That's when the late summer. Because it still doesn't have a studio either. That's the other no. thing you didn't mention is he doesn't have a studio for it. This which is I true. Think he's- I think he's going to go to it'll, Sony. It'll probably go Sony again. Yeah, I was reading about that, and it's the only deal I've ever heard about where he actually like the longer that this goes, every couple of years he gets more percentage of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back. Yeah, he's going to eventually own a hundred percent of that movie, and I've never heard about that before. Yeah. That's the how big he is with this stuff. So, yeah. so it'll anyway. it'll it'll probably be out Christmas twenty twenty four. So we have mm, twenty one months till that movie comes out. To get so it's a lot to ticket. go. Is what I got. I got that long to get my plane ticket to meet oh, you. Oh, I'm driving. Way. We're driving. Oh, well, I'll pick you up. <laughs> That's the point. Yep. This guy. So what I'm thinking is I was starting to think along your lines. I think this could be a lot darker tone. I'm thinking yeah. movie critic, not in the job, but as a person who is critical of movies, good and bad. There's a part of me that think maybe this person could have a psychosis break. Maybe this could be a more of a Travis Bickle type person. Maybe this is someone who could either... Be a person who stalks people they like or don't like. And maybe, you know, uh, do it where it goes, who knows how he takes it. Does, is it murder? Or once again, are we thinking too much and it ends up being someone who... It's Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie watching movies for two and a half hours. Which, again, if it, if it goes the, the way of... Like we, myself and Petro talked about, if we get to meet characters and we come back and we get to see, like, even if it's for a moment, you get to see Leo back as his character and we get to see the end of his career because, you know, by this time, that was late 60s, it's now eight, nine years down the road and he's already written a book apparently about uh, the rest of his career. That could be fun, but I do like I do like the thought of this being more along the lines of... The, the Travis Bickle, the the unhinged person. Well, you didn't bring up, there's, there's from the 1977, Eraserhead came out that year. Yeah. Rabid, Suspiria, um, his favorite Rolling Thunder came out that year. Yeah. There's all these movies that were, you know, cutting edge stuff back then that 
you know that that could be played more into it because I don't see him writing a scene where the guy the, someone's going to watch Smokey and the Bandit as much as he loves Burt Reynolds. But I no, can see no, where, I agree. Yeah, where they're sitting in the theater watching Argento for yeah. you know or Rolling Thunder or something, you know. So there, there's there's so many possibilities with this that I think people are just automatically assuming it's going to be um what's the movie with that just came out with the news and the the three women and I, oh yeah 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 um, you know the one about Harvey Weinstein that one kind of. It, and it was a news one where they were like on a news station and the women it, like that's what I was expecting. Oh, right oh, the away. Fox News one, the Fox uh, yeah. that came out two I years ago. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. But like yep. that's instantly what I started thinking is going to be like a drama where you know like she, she's going to movies and it's a female like lead and yeah. everything and I'm like you, you know I was like shit and then I started thinking about it and it's like well it could be all kind. Of, I think I even posted a joke post on one of your on one of your things like well it could be. All this other stuff, bringing all these other characters back, and it, it might not be, but I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> it's, a, it's the first movie I've ever hoped. Now that he, it, it, the the script leaks and he gets mad and doesn't make it to a point. I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. I that, that there. I don't think there's a chance of that leaking. There was. I mean, you couldn't find a script for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's impossible. They did not I leak anywhere. So and ever it, since I, they flaked, they won't Samson leak anywhere. Yep. With a six 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 to get it open. That's what's in the fucking case yeah. in Pulp It was the tenth el, tenth movie. <laughs> there you go, folks. News broke. There it is. <laughs> That's his. That was that was imagine his, if that was really what was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be Last horrible? If he wraps movie. up his whole film career by bringing all the threads that have been loose together, and you're just like, oh, he just kind of like. There's a part of you that's like, ooh, that'd be great, but there's also a part of you like, oh, that's a letdown. Because there's just certain things we want to know, but we all know that there's no way we'll they'll, culminate in that. It'll satiate us. We'll be like, fuck that. We don't. I don't want to know it's in the briefcase, but. It would be it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious to go fuck yourself from him to all of us if he did that. <laughs> it could be just a straight movie too, like you know. Yeah, it yeah, could, just, but that's not him though. Nothing he's no, done is I, ever just a simple straight film. So, which is why when you know with the movie critic again, Petros, I'm uh, be name dropping him, but because he was on the very first episode of this, and he'll probably be on another one as more news and stuff comes out. The movie critic does have a 1970s movie name feel to it. Even like though, unfortunately, yeah, it, but unfortunately, it's like the movie critic. But it, it could be. And he could change it. He could. He could. Sony could be like, the title sucks. Can can you look at anything else? Because like we, are, you already talked about it. You got, how do you go from Pulp Fiction to the movie critic? It just yeah. it, it doesn't. But but the guy's again, a genius and I know. And then we might look back, and this is what Pedro said. You know, it's like he, you know, he brought up some of my favorite bands, but some certain band names. You look back at them, or certain names. You go, oh, if you look at them in real context, you go, those are terrible. But because they become household names, you go, that's that's who they are. I hated the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood though, because it just keeps getting used over Once Upon yeah, a the Time, once upon and, time this yeah. and this and this and this and like I love you know, and, and then it came out and I, like you know I already said like I was I had to go to it like t twice to really yeah. get the movie and then I was like oh, now I watch it all the time and it's always on in the background when I'm doing stuff. So do you hope it's at all maybe a little bit of a kindred spirit because it would never be a full on sequel because. It's eight years down the road. We're not talking about the same characters, but they could fall. Uh, what I mean by sequel is what one person wrote in the um, article, which could change the the tone of the movie as well. But since this is the Tarantino was 14th the time of this of this year of 1977, yeah. so he's in a very formative part of his life and probably the age which really starts to form who he's going to become as a as a fan of of films overall. 
they, they saw this as like he had his love letter to Hollywood. But this could be maybe in the same vein, if it goes that way, which, of course, there'll be a twist. There'll be so- something. Someone's going to get killed horribly in this film. There's just That's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's going to fucking happen. And it could be his love letter to, like, his... His childhood does that make sense? Like his his formative years, the years, you know, his his love of when he fell in love with cinema. You know, he yeah. he loved that time of Hollywood because it reminds him of his, his youth. It was when he was still young, what nine or whatever it was. Now we fast forward eight. You see, six years old there. He's eight years older here. He's fourteen. It's a different time. You know, when you're six and you're fourteen, two different ways of thinking. You're a kid now. You're a young adult. So. I just wonder what, what what it could be. Maybe maybe we could get a kindred spirit if it doesn't go the route that we're thinking. Maybe it goes more dark. Start thinking taxi driver type of thing. Start thinking everything that you just said is the book that came out. What do you mean, uh, cinema speculation or what's yeah. about? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, could I mean no. he could have uh, this. So what, what what drives me crazy and people, if you've listened to this, but also saw follow me on the socials is I did put out a video that was put together for me by a fan of the podcast who just did it for free and didn't want me to name them. So they know who they are. And once again, I thank them. I thank them personally. It It was great, right? But that is exactly what he said. Like when I was at the event in November, he was very, very, very adamant that he had no idea what his new film was going to be. He was very adamant that he didn't even think about writing it. And he said it in more than one occasion. And I was happy that this person, that someone had snuck their phone somehow at our place, had recorded the audio. And so Joe Blow can once again stick that up their ass because that's exactly what I heard. The exact words that came out of my mouth came out of that motherfucking man's mouth just moments before I gave him out. So it was good. It was vindication for me. However, it also may have vindicated Joe Blow because the guy is adamant that we are going to shoot this TV show next. And now... A thing I said the last time we covered this, and I'm going to say it again. Why is no one asking him what happened to the TV series? Why? Why does no one have the balls? He is not above approach. He made statements in November on a podcast that is a very well-known podcast with a very well-known comedian that then went viral. He made statements in talk shows afterwards, especially in New York City. After he did our show, he was in New York City for a couple more days. He did a couple of the TV uh, talk shows there where he adamantly said he did not know what he was going to do for his film. And then he had a TV show ready to fucking go. And that was what he was going to do next. Now, all of a sudden, right before his 60th birthday, he decides that someone leaks it out. The week of his 60th birthday, which he just celebrated this Monday, his past Monday when you hear it, suddenly he's now finished his 10th film. And the one thing Petros was worried about is he was hoping that this 10th film isn't the restructuring of yeah. the TV show. Because for those who don't know, Inglorious Bastards was originally designed to be a miniseries that he eventually shortened down and liked better as a film. And I'm wondering if this is what's happened here. Because not that the man doesn't have the ability, but he vehemently, like, very rarely does he vehemently deny something. And then all of a sudden it becomes true. Yeah. He says, I, mean, I don't have any known. idea. Now, all of a sudden, in three months since the time he he's had that? for working quick. I no, mean, unless, he's not. He's been on tour. So yeah. I don't know what he, you were saying. Like, So he came to my town. Yep, he did. He did November. I think he was done by November. And now he's over in Europe. So he did another yeah. so March. So, but so the whole time that he was here, like he was yeah. just talking about on the podcast, like yeah. the Portland video store that he went and got that. Um, yeah. Th- that's like, an, like 20, 40 minutes from my house. 
Like he was there the whole day. He was buying records next door. He was, he, they blocked off and closed the record store, I guess, for a little bit and all kinds of stuff. So it's not like he's sitting around a hotel room with a notepad and paper writing this shit out. So, I mean, but the dude is brilliant and works up shit quick, but he's known for polishing for, you know, a year at a time. Look how long it took him to write Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And some of the shit is eight, nine years old. So maybe he's had this script talked away from Maybe he has. And And he he just just said, fuck it, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Which is perfectly fine. Let's get it done. Like, I'm sick of talking about it everywhere I go. What are you doing? When are you going to do it? Fuck it. Let's just do it and get it done with. Maybe that's. And he is that right. I just was wondering why there's no journalism out there. Or anyone with fucking balls to ask him where where did this movie suddenly come from? Why is what happened to the TV show? Is there going to be a TV show? I was surprised you that the news story that you shared was even out there. Like he even because he doesn't do social media. I, I was surprised. I saw today his wife has a Twitter account. Like really? I didn't even know that. Like, well, but I doubt she. I doubt she tweets anything about him. Oh yeah, outside yeah, of kids and stuff. Exactly. But. Um, but. Yeah, like I was surprised that they were able to pull this out of him because he's so secretive about the shit. Well, again, I feel like again, uh, when I was well, we we know that if you're a fan of Tarantino, the one thing you know is Kill Bill three was supposed to come out. We're coming up on its twentieth anniversary. It was supposed to come out ten years ago because it was supposed to come out ten years after because that was his original plan. He said a thousand things. Yeah, the Star Trek, Star Trek, the Vega Brothers were going to be something. Like there's a thousand things he was going to do, which again. He has the right. He doesn't owe us a goddamn thing. No. But what he does owe sometimes is if you're going to make these statements, you we have the right. People have the right to ask, hey, what happened to this? Yeah. You know? And I mean, you, no, you're asking nowadays. me to put my money down to go see your next film to do your stuff. You, I, I have the right to say, hey, as a paying customer and a fan of a very long time, what happened to this? Because you did say this. Yeah. In November, I'm making a TV show starts next year. And now we're shooting a fucking movie. You got my fucking hopes up. Oh, I'm still waiting for the whole bloody affair. I'm still waiting for the four to five hour version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. I mean, I'm I, I believe me, I was thrilled to see the Hateful Eight one come on Netflix. But yeah, yeah like it just And that dropped of... out of the blue. That just suddenly was there. Like one day you're like, wait a minute. That's because it was ready. Like it, well, it's I get it. like yeah. it, it's there and it was ready. Like, here you go. But and the like, whole bloody affair is ready, and he's never released that. He only does it every now and again out at his theater. Yeah. Believe me, I wish I had a Blu-ray company that I could reach out and be like, let me put it out, but I don't. <laughs> so again, it, it's if you're a fan of Tarantino, you've been fr- if you've been a fan long enough, you've been frustrated by certain things. But he always kind of makes us forget about those because he brings he something else out. And yeah, absolutely. I have no problem if he's decided to change directions to go. You know what? Fuck it. I'm so t- like you're saying. I'm tired of hearing about this last fucking movie, which he brought on himself. As I said, the last. Uh, special episode of this. He put himself into this corner. I wouldn't have said he, shit. He should have just, no, he should have been like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He should have been just keep it under wraps. I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden when the 10th one comes up, boom, because you could look at it two ways. Saying it, it's a marketing tool. It means people are going to go see it just because it's the last. And it could be after a week, had been out for a yeah. week, you know, just, oh, yeah. by the way, this is my last movie. What? Well, no, but I'm saying 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 that it's his last now uh, preemptively. Now people are going to be like waiting, like we are. We're having we're having a podcast talk about it. We're doing special episodes about it. So he knows it's going to generate publicity when it comes out. However, he also puts himself up. He's got a, a high bar he's raised because now it's the tenth. Everyone's expecting this now to be amazing. It has to be amazing because now we're expecting it. However, he could have simply in his head said, "I'm doing ten. The 10th one comes out, and then when he announces it, oh, by the way, this is also my last film. That catches people by surprise. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit. Or he could have done it as it's being released. He said, you know what? 
I'd also like to say this is my last one. Then he doesn't put himself into a corner. Now he is. So, but he's so he's being allowed to be held to the scrutiny. But someone should be asking him what happened to this TV series. Did you put it on the shelf? Is it still yeah. going to happen? Because he also said I'm, I'm doing a play. Okay, well we've got a play. I'm we've got a TV for the Sergio series. Corbucci book. You know, we've got all like, this stuff, and it's just. <laughs> I'm like, where's the fucking book about Sergio Corbucci? Like, I want to read that really bad. I want the Rick Dalton book too. But yeah, I, again, he. He has the right to do whatever he wants. He's got a young family. I get that. You know, he doesn't owe anybody. But again, when you when you say things in this day and age, everyone knows. Yeah. Can you can you imagine though that if we bought tickets, we went into the theater and they play the trailers, and all of a sudden it comes up instead of saying the fourth, you know, fourth, fifth film by Tarantino, the last film by Tarantino, and that hits in the theater. Can you imagine? Do you the think boom? he do you think he's going to actually say that? Do you do you think he's no. gonna do the final thing? No, no. I'm saying, do you think he'll just put up there and it'll say? Because a lot of times his early films it said the fourth film by Tarantino, the, yep. whatever. Do you think this will say the final film by Quentin Maybe. Tarantino? Like, that's why, like, I would have loved to not know because you went into the theater and that came up. I, yes. I that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Oh yeah. It would have been like dropping a megaton bomb on Hollywood. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. He, he ruined it. Yes. Like it, it just that that it would have been like the like the you know after credit sequences and stuff yeah. that you know for like the Marvel films where it just like broke the internet like the next day. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. But he can't keep a secret. <laughs> so <laughs> or he can't keep a promise. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I don't know. That TV show, dude, like he has said like numerous times, he's like four or five episodes of Bounty Law. Well, he written? said he wrote four to five of Bounty Law, but like I said, he has eight episodes written of some show that may now be this movie. So that's another thing. That's that's why I want people to ask him. Put his feet to the fire. Why? What are these softball questions? I mean, the man's in his the man's sixty years old. Come on, like he, he has the right to talk about other people and say shit about them. You have the right to ask him questions too. He's not fucking invisible to that. He is he is a public figure who has decided to put himself out there, who has put himself up on a pedestal, rightfully so at some points, but he has the ability to not just have softball questions asked to him because he's sensitive little Daisy. I'm sorry, I love the man, but there's a part of me it's like someone needs to ask him what the fuck. Like he's seriously, really, like, like what I've, the fuck. Numerous interviews where he's just gotten up and left and like I'm not playing your game and like throws That's fine. Then you could be a hissy fit all you want, but you still have the right to ask the question because yeah. he will write a book and talk shit about people. You, you're not immune to that. Yeah, like no the, one's immune to that. Yeah, like when my mind, Elvis was kind of like you know, you could tell his softball questions. I love Elvis and all, but he, you know, obviously he was there because he's friends with Tarantino and whatever. And Tarantino basically said the stuff he's gonna say, and he never did follow up questions like what's it gonna be about. Like he never did anything like that. And this is exactly what happened with the guy who was the head of the Cannes Film Festival interviewed him in, in France. Didn't fucking ask him follow questions. He's trying to force, he was like, you should debut it at Cannes. Well, if he does that, that's not till 2025. That's two years later. Because there's no way they filmed in the fall, it's ready for the Cannes in, what is it, May or whatever the film festival is. That's not going to be ready. So he wouldn't be able to make it till, it's usually in the early summer. He wouldn't be able to make it to this year, then this one coming up, no, the next one coming up in 2024. So it wouldn't be ready in time. And so that means they push it to 2025, which I don't think he's going to do. I mean, the guy runs his own festival. Yeah, It's probably the most famous festival in the world that he doesn't ask. It's just lying. I know. Yeah. So speaking of that, who do we think, who do you think is going to be the star? Male, female? What are we we thinking? Is it going to be young? Are we going to do a younger person? Is it it going to be a Tarantino-esque character who's in their young teens? Are we adult? Who is going to be the movie critic? Because there was, again, a rumor that the Pauline Kael character, which has now been debunked. Yeah, who started that? Well, here's the thing. Well, that, yeah, so, someone just heard the critic, and they jumped at it. They, How about yeah. this? They 
Again, as much as I take a shot at Joe Blow, maybe this is what Joe Blow doesn't do it. Someone just ran with something without knowing fully because they want to be the first one out there. But it was the Hollywood Reporter of all people. If you listen to his podcast, he talks about her all the time. Like, And he's right yeah. now, like, so he went through the that stage where he's obsessed with stuntmen, where yep. Death Proof, and then, like, it just, he was talking about stuntmen all the time. And then, like, you know, it came in again and once upon a time in Hollywood. And right now, everywhere, like, movie critics, they're pulling out fucking criticism for movies 40 years, you know, in, in the shit. And it's like, so who knows what the fuck he's got a plan for this. But your question, like, I could see where, like, you know, like, I think he's going to bring back, like, Margot Robbie or I would love to see him bring back Uma in that, you know, something mm. like that. Who does, who has to be in it? If this is it, who are the, who are the people, whether it's a starring role or not, who has to be in this film? Michael Madsen. Yep. 100% agree. Sam, Samuel Jackson. 100% agree. Uh, Zoe Bell will be oh, in there yep. someplace. Yep. What about Tim Roth? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Tim Roth. Bruce Dern will be in there someplace. I'd love to see the guy from Kill Bill 2 come back. The You know, that fucking hat. I, I would love to see him as a theater <laughs> owner or something. You know? <laughs> I'd love to see being him. He's at, it's a car wash he owns now. It's earlier. That's the car wash. I own a theater now. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I own a fucking, fucking car wash. Go pick up that popcorn. <laughs> Take off that fucking shit Fucking love hat. him. Fucking love him. I love, it's, I love him. They're, you're talking on yeah. the birthday thing about mm. favorite characters. I'm like, nobody brought up the fucking strip club. Well, I know. Well, I didn't get the side characters, yes. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, what about um I would love to see him bring Travolta back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, like, I hate to say it, but even Bruce Willis standing out front taking tickets would be fucking kick ass. You know? Yeah. Because that's all he can, you know. I know. I, I know. Trust me, I know. It it would be. But again, you don't want to make him you haven't seen Top Gun yet, does a remake, but Val Kimmer makes a an appearance in I know. It. And he can't. I, I, I mean, obviously, he still has. The, and and so it it was it was it was good to see him, but it was kind of sad. Like it's a it, we I all know it's, just, it's a shell of his former self, and you just feel bad. You know what I mean? I love Val Kilmer. Did you see the documentary about him yeah. that they did? And yeah. it's like it's tough. Both, the wife and I both like we just was like shit. Yeah, like, I know. I love Val Kilmer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I don't. So, I, I wouldn't want to see not not that Val looked terrible. They, they did a great job with how they dealt with this character, how they that they deal with Iceman in there. But I would. I don't know. I just don't want to see them. I don't want to see Bruce. I mean, he's not there yet. But I would. You know, you don't. I guess you don't want to see him in in really bad shape. You know, I would like to have him still be crystallized as Butch as much as possible, as, and John McClane not see some. You know, something bad. But yes, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Madsen have to be in it. Do we bring back Pam Greer? It's the seventies. Maybe exactly. not. Maybe Pam Greer's not Pam Greer, but what? What if she's? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the black exploitation still big then. I mean, maybe she's a director. I, or and I don't. I don't. You know, I don't know how we bring her back. Or maybe she's a, a rival critic or something. Like I would love to see Pam back as well. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like Buscemi. Yeah, there's a bunch of them that Harvey Keitel again. Like yeah. I, he hasn't been in one in a bit. So there's there's a whole bunch of people. Like I would love to see him back. I pretty much know Samuel Jackson's going to be in there Has calling somebody a motherfucker at some point. Has I, I'd love to see him bring De Niro back too. Like, he hasn't worked with De Niro yeah, since Jackie Brown. There's a bunch of those, like, you know, that from those films that... Well, that's the thing. Who's going to... So, if, if... I mean, this is also what they talked about. This is... This is the Hollywood <laughs> that we started to grow up on, that really our parents were in. But we... So, you and I are at the tail end of the Gen X era. Tarantino's the start of it. So, for him, his major directors are the guys we would learn about as we got further into the late 80s or the 90s when we were suddenly old enough to start, you know really watching the films of Scorsese and them. But it's Lucas, it's Scorsese, it's Spielberg, it's Lynch, it's um, Coppola, it's uh, De Palma. It's all those guys 
that were the new Hollywood, you know, as as they were called, the new wave of Hollywood in the seventies. Flawed characters. That's what I keep. Oh reading. yeah, those those movies begot our nineties films. I always say the seventies and nineties are. If you want to see really great films, seventies and nineties are where you get those really flawed characters, those great stories. Mid nineties, like ninety four on, like ninety one mm-hmm. through ninety three was like a lost period. Yeah, like it just it's so weird when I go back now because I do the other podcasts. And well, it's the same as as music. It's the end of. Hair metal and the start of grunge, but it hasn't really, you know. I mean, their their two worlds still colliding because they're still both making money. Like Van Halen and Guns N' Roses yeah. and some of these bands are still making tons of money early, and then they just then the wall hits. You yep. know, then those bands take over, and then unfortunately they have a small ride, and, and then corporate America steps in, and now that's all we've had since. But yep. but yeah, so who do you? Th- I mean, what, do we are we going to get directors? Do you think? Oh, do you think he'll do like he did with the the Playboy Mansion, where we just have like characters like Steve McQueen just show up to show up? You know what I mean? Or, I love that. Like, oh, no, I love, I that love it too. But I'm saying, is that what we're gonna have? Do you think we'll have more like these like more moments, vignettes, than we will than be mil- well, major like, characters? I t- I think I talked about it at, on your podcast where you pointed it out, where like I'd said when I got out of the theater, like I actually went to work and like after once upon a time in Hollywood, and someone's like, "Wait, she didn't die?" Like we were talking about it, and I'm like, "No, she's been dead since like 19." 19- 69 well she lived in the movie i, I understand that but you know like <laughs> hitler I also said, wasn't but, shot in the face <laughs> just just, no, just like no when i got out of the theater it's like it erased that part of it but yeah i was watching bullet the other night and it's really really hard to watch that fucking movie and not imagine the dude from homeland damien yeah yeah whatever his name is and damien it's Lewis. Really, really hard to watch the fucking great escape now without wondering what rick dalton would it so i mean he did some amazing stuff with that where yes i think he took it a step further than the forrest gump shit ever did mm-hmm. which we keep bringing up that fucking forrest gump and petros is trying to steal my theory on it well i just i like i said that i thought it was good because the two of you uh have the same theory i, I with, without with being on two opposite sides of the world of the pond i snuck into the movie i think eight seven eight times never paid for one ticket for Pulp Fiction, but you know, Forrest <laughs> Gump got all the fucking credit for. I don't remember how many times I saw that. It, I, I don't know. It is what it is. Like I guess there's so much stuff that this could that could happen with this. So what do you what do you hope has to happen? What 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 will be a satisfying end for you? Not necessarily plot line, but at least it's something that will satisfy you when you walk out of that theater or when that hard copy of the Blu-ray DVD or whatever, it's finally you're putting it up on the shelf next to the other nine. Hopefully, by then we'll have the whole bloody affair, too, so I can actually finally have the proper ninth one where it goes. But what will make you feel good as a Tarantino fan? So I'm right back to where I felt after I saw Kill Bill Volume 1. Where I'm like, how's he going to end this? And my expectations were just like that fucking the yodeling guy on Price is Right. I, I was like way up there. I'm ready to fall over waiting. Like, how the fuck is he possibly going to top that movie? And then I was completely blown away. So I don't, I don't know if you you understand like, mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But like, I do. I, I, my expectations coming out of theater, I was just like amped. I, then I had to wait, what was it, like six, eight months for six the months, second yeah. one to come out? And it just like I'm like. And then it came out on DVD, and I think I watched it like ten times before it ever. Like I, I, I knew the the lines from the movie, everything. And then that movie came out, and I'm like, I remember going to the theater just dreading this is gonna fucking suck because this stuff never ends good. I mean, Hollywood doesn't pull this stuff off very good. I mean, look at Halloween too. I, I mean, I, we could just uh, we could do a whole podcast just on awesome first movies that are continued into the second movie, and the second movie sucks ass. And that's where I'm at right now, where that feeling of just dread about it, but there's a little bit of hope. 
And I think as things, the more stuff that I hear about it, it, like, I think a lot of that dread will go away. And that's what I'm hoping anyway. I mean, he could announce tomorrow that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Like, fuck it, I, he's Gerald put them all on hold back. and he's doing a children's <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, and like I saw on somebody's post, how neat would it be if he brought in the character of the little girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and she's now 18 and she's given up acting and she's now a movie critic. The age thing doesn't line up, but... It would I mean, be someone different, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it could, yeah, I mean, it so could many, be. There's so many possibilities with it. And the thing he, is, is all these possibilities that we're talking about, he's probably like, what no, the fuck are you? He's already no. he's like, what are you talking about? I mean, my theory that it could be a, a horror movie is closer to probably what... Look, there's, I think there's some real meat and potatoes to that one. I really feel like if we look at, at if he's making an homage to the 70s movies he likes, like if he's going that way, like a Scorsese to Palma Field, the movie critic has a lot more of that... Kind of taxi driver feel for me. You he hasn't know? done a De Palma film, really. No. And he worships De Palma. Yeah. And it took me, I think I was in my 30s before I sat down and watched Blowout and, you know, um, Body Double and mm-hmm. forgetting what the other ones are called. But I love Blowout. But all those movies, like, and he hasn't done a film like that. And I could see him doing it. So, I mean, that could be what this is. And he's just, the the title, we're so stuck. Like, whoa, that sucks. And it, it, we could end up going in there where it's something like that, where it's a yeah. you know a thriller or something like that with the you know you get the black gloves and the the killer you don't see through the whole movie or something. I mean, how cool would that be? Yeah. But I also thought I was going to Death Proof and I was getting a fucking slasher movie and it's like you know the greatest car movie made in you know the last twenty years. Well, so. that's what he does. He takes everything. He flips it on its head. Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. He took he made a slasher film, but he just made the car the weapon, and it was genius. And you go, but all right, yeah. I You're remember, like Jesus, yeah, yeah, that worked. And all the movies we go to, we've gone to. His first movie is a heist movie. We never see the fucking heist. You know, so again, I I do appreciate the fans who are like, hey, just you know what? He hasn't steered us wrong. Back to the Kill Bill stuff. Look at the part two. Like he went from a Kung Fu movie into a fucking spaghetti Western. I mean, look at that flip. Like I remember going into it and I was just like, what the hell? And like he made it work. He made it work 100%. Great. But I'm I'm hopeful for this film. I yeah. am now. Like you know, I'm I'm slowly coming around. I guess now I'm glad he's announced it. Like before, it was conjecture. It was like, is it going to be something? Waited two fucking weeks. He didn't say a goddamn thing. And now it is going to be something. And now the next big thing will be when we start to get some news about who's actually going to be in the film, which I think in the next month or so we'll start to hear. Because if they're rolling in the fall. That's six months away. It's going to be amped up. As soon as this book tour ends, which is soon, he is going to go into full pre-production mode. They're going to go straight in to sets, to all the shit that they have to do, to getting the the actors going to be signed very, very quickly. They'll do the read-throughs, and then they're going to start filming instantly. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if they're already through some of that, you know. I'm sure he already, I mean, because he always does this. He knows who his main cast is going to be, and he just then asks them. You know, very few main roles are ever auditioned for in a Tarantino film <laughs> lately. He already knows who he wants, and he no. says, hey, Leo, so-and-so, I want you in the film. And then they either do it or don't. Is anyone saying no? Is anyone not clearing their schedule? No. <laughs> unless they're unless they're fucking busy, and yeah. then they make time. Like, you know, like, I, the, we were talking about that. I would love to see some of the younger people, too, yeah. that he brought into Once Upon a Time in Holly, like Austin Butler, and all the Manson girls. Every one of those, there's a whole bunch of those girls yeah. that I just keep, like Daniel Harris was one of them, the pregnant one, and the girl from um, You, yeah. that TV show on Netflix, she was one of them. There's a whole bunch of them that were, that are like names now that are doing other stuff that easily could be brought back. So there's there's so much possibilities here. And like, I'm sure he's got something fucking planned. And like, I would love for it to be like the De Palma 
type horror movie. And that's when I was starting to think about it today when you and I were talking about doing this. Like I was like, God, that would be so cool. And then to hear you, you're like, yeah. when I said it, I was, you well, because there's, there's just something like, the oh. way the guy wrote in the article. Just there was just something that that yeah, there's something that like, I was there's starting to think. About it okay, that, stop thinking like t- like what we think Tarantino will do. He takes everything and flips it. So if it's going to be the movie critic, yeah, maybe not be a great name, but he's going to take a name that we don't think is great and he's going to make it fucking great. There's a ton of bands and other things like, like as Pedro said, the Beatles, the Beatles is a terrible fucking name. Like I love the Foo Fighters, a terrible name, but because they're last so long, it's the name. It's no longer that like, really you named your band that it's like, what name wouldn't it be? You know, like you can't come up with another one. But I, like I've said, I was working at a video store and I remember people giving shit about the name Pulp Fiction about how stupid yeah. it was. I like and Reservoir Dogs yeah. is a stupid name, but it's great. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like it didn't and Kill Bill is another one. Like it, it, some of these are we love them so much that we don't like I remember like you, have you seen Pulp Fiction? That sounds stupid. I, I actually remember having that conversation. No, you need to watch this fucking movie here. Take it. Like I'll pay for your rental for the night. I did that a couple times. Like watch this movie. Come back. Like give me more. I mean, True Romance. True Romance throws you off. I went to that because uh, my girlfriend thought it was uh, it was going to be a nice little rom com <laughs> with Christian Slater, and lo and behold, it was not that. It was amazing. I thought it was too. I, I remember renting that and taking it home, and they get to that the fucking the scene with uh, Hopper and Walker. I was like, this is a whole other movie that I was expecting. Oh, the, the it's the Drexel scene. The Drexel scene too. Which that also, we were just watching Barry on HBO and one of the guys is doing a monologue and it's the Drexel scene. No shit. I gotta yeah, watch that. It's yeah, it's in like season number two where like, cause he's a hitman that is, wants to get out of being a hitman to be an actor. And he walks in for the first time and the guy on stage is sitting there with dreads. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he starts doing the whole Drexel scene and I'm like, <laughs> you ain't even looked over there yet. <laughs> you ain't even sat down yet. <laughs> she walking in the room with her breasts just out. <laughs> It's the Mac. I've seen it. You know, uh, like fucking hater is just like because uh, he he's a horrible actor trying to be an actor, but he's great in the show. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't watched it, it's really fucking good. It's it's there's a lot of Tarantino shit in that show. If you haven't seen it yet, Scott. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you have you watched it? I've watched the first season. I gotta get moving on to it now. Yeah, I know. I'm behind on things. Maybe it was the first season. Then you might have just missed the the Drexel thing. Maybe but it's in there. Like. It's when he goes in there, like, I was like, no fucking way they're doing the Drexel scene. <laughs> so, yeah. Any last thoughts on this new information and, and where we sit now in March of 2023? We'll look back on this many months from now when the movie's done and we'll be like, but well, we were fucking way wrong. It would be great if we were just a little bit right once. I, I would be so excited if I could be like, well, I'm not, I don't want to you know, brag, but 21 months earlier, we did kind of say we thought it was going to be like this. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather us be, uh, but I'm glad it's not about Paul and Kale. I can say that. Yeah. Because it, a biopic didn't seem like that's a Tarantino thing. Like, that's I'm glad not it's his... not about her. I'm glad it's not about the the, the bald fucker and the other, the popcorn guy, the popcorn eating fucker. Um, <laughs> As Andrew Dice Clay calls him, the, the fat pig and the bald fuck. Like, I can't. <laughs> I was glad it wasn't about <laughs> just Clint Everett. Like, <laughs> you never mm. heard that or what? I have, but it's been a long time. <laughs> I mean, because uh, they're both dead, <laughs> you know? Oh, and they've yeah, been gone like, for a while. Because, I mean, that's the two most famous critics of all time. They're the last ones. Yeah. I mean, and that's, he could end yeah. up fucking doing that the rest of his life is just start writing. He could. But if he's going to do that, he needs to put himself up for critique. And the Church of Tarantino wants to ask a fucking question, pal. Where the fuck's the TV show? And 
that's a wrap on our Cinema Speculation Volume 2 of Tarantino's upcoming 10th and potentially final film, The Movie Critic. I would once again like to thank my good friend and special guest, Sean Wheeler, CEO of Scareflare Records and co-host of the Splatterhouse Podcast for joining me today. As always, you can find the links to his record company, podcast, and his show socials in our show notes. And you too can become a member of the Church of Tarantino by following us on all our socials. Those links can be found in the show notes as well. And be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast to stay up to date on our Cinema Speculation series. New episodes will drop as soon as any new pertinent information on The Movie Critic is released. Now please join me and my Cheeky Bastards podcast co-host, the incorrigible Steve Smith, this Friday as we take a look at two films that helped inspire the Tarantino-written and Rodriguez-directed vampire crime film From Dust Till Dawn, with those films being Assault on Precinct 13 and The Desperate Hours. So until then, I'm the Reverend Scott K. May Tarantino be with you always. Production.